Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. I am very excited today to have multiple guests with me on the program. I've got Pastor Patrick Boyle from the Revival Baptist Church and also his deacon, Brother Scott Campbell, is with him. And then we also have Pastor Obino Ofuebu. And all of uh, us are going to be at a conference in Revival Baptist next month. We're really excited about that we're going to talk about and uh, hopefully spending a few days this week uh, just kind of talking about the conference, getting excited, promoting it. And we're going to have some of the other speakers on the program later this week. So uh, really fired up about this conference. But I just want to go ahead and uh, you know say uh, hi to Pastor Boyle. And Pastor Boyle, just go ahead, uh, introduce yourself and Brother Scott. And then this is your conference. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, thank you for having us. We're super excited. It's hard to believe that the conference is next month. We've been planning this for a while now, but we are entering 2024 right around the corner. Uh, but the conference dates are January 24th through the 28th. Excited about It's the new Old Paths Baptist Conference. And it's causing a lot of people to scratch their head and think, why, why new Old Paths? And so we want to kind of take some time today in explaining what the purpose of the conference is. Uh, what doctrines are going to be discussed, and why we've landed on the name the New Old Paths Baptist Conference. But uh, it's going to be Wednesday at 6 o'clock will be the first service, and then we're going to have morning services on Thursday morning, Friday morning, uh, with evening services each night. Saturday we'll have soul winning and maybe a free time for those that are sticking around to do maybe some Florida activities. And then, of course, Sunday we'll conclude with our church services at Revival Baptist Church. But it's, we've got a great speaker lineup, great doctrine set to be uh, preached. And this is a conference, kind of in a nutshell, that you can come to and hear why we are post-trip, why we reject dispensationalism, why we do not believe in Zionism. Uh, many of the key doctrines that define churches like ours, uh, you could come and hear us teach and preach and explain why we hold these views, and we don't just hold these views and hide in the shadows. We firmly believe that this is what the Bible teaches, and we shout them from the housetops. Uh, many of the independent fundamental circles uh, try to paint these doctrines as toxic or as, as heresy, dangerous. And I think once you open up scriptures and begin to see how clear the Bible actually is on these subjects, uh, you'll have a different perspective. And that's kind of the goal. Uh, and so part of our speaker lineup, I know Pastor McMurtry will be there. Uh, Brother Scott Campbell will be preaching. And also Brother uh, Ofuebu will be preaching. So that's kind of some of the preachers. Those that will be preaching that are not in this episode today will be Pastor uh, DeVries. He will be preaching. We have Brother Ron Hauser, Pastor Matthews from Abiding Word Baptist Church, and uh, Brother Greg Cameron also but going to be preaching uh, from our church as well. So it's going to be a great preacher's lineup. We're looking forward to it. Uh, so I can't wait to dive into the topic of why the conference and the doctrines that we'll be discussing. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, that, that new old paths too, because um, people often when they hear post-trib, when they hear any variation from your typical old paths churches, which, you know, most Baptist churches that identify old paths are for sure going to be pre-trib. They're for sure going to be uh, pro-Zionism. Uh, 
more than likely they are going to be dispensational uh, at some level. And so people often think that once you change those things, they're always afraid you're going to go liberal, you're going to go into Calvinism and things like that. But the, uh, all the churches that are represented here are the furthest from those things. And, right. you know, and for the most part, too, um, you know, we have had these doctrines now for several years and we've not drifted in away from the old paths. And when I say when I talk about old paths, too, I associate that word not so much with doctrine many times, even though that's a part of it, but it's more of a cultural thing. You know, the conservative music, the conservative dress. Uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, the soul winning, a lot of, a lot of things that are cultural about the church. And so, you know, we've not, we're, we're not going liberal, you know, we're not dropping our standards. If anything, I think churches like ours have strengthened those things and we are reaching a, a new generation. And so a lot of us that are going to be there are from the, you know, old, the old, old paths crowd. Uh, but then we've got guys too, like Pastor Obi, that, um, you know, you were never really kind of, you know, into that, but, uh, you know, fortunately for you, you're kind of able to start out right, at least, uh, um, as a Baptist. So, and I, uh, you know, and we might repeat a little bit of what we, uh, discussed in the previous podcast with you, but, you know, what are your thoughts about this when, uh, you know, going into a conference like this, uh, being somebody who has, I guess, you know, been a part uh, or you've been a part of this world, you fellowship with us. Um, and as a Baptist, really all you know are churches churches like ours. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about the old, old paths crowd, I guess? <laughs> First off, Pastor Tommy, thank you again for having me back on this uh, podcast, Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Uh, greetings to you also, um, Pastor Boyle and Brother Scott. Uh, so, yeah, I'm from Love Assembly Baptist Church. I'm the pastor in Love Assembly Baptist Church, Montgomeryville, PA. We're not too far from Philadelphia. And that has been my life, you know, going uh, the new old paths, basically. It has been my life, my Christian journey, because since I got saved, I've been trying to find out what is the right culture, what is the right doctrine that I should live by. So I have been going through the new old paths. Every phase, the culture, the doctrine, everything has been changing. So um, what was the question again? So how do I feel about this? Yeah. I'm, I wonder why when I look at Baptist churches, I look at churches that claim to be KJV only or churches that claim that the Bible is their only or final authority, I should say. I wonder why they do the things that they do because I'm trying to get in, into those things, but I have to prove it from the Bible. So I'm wondering, like, why are they doing this? Why are they stubborn? Why are they doing this weird thing or this weird uh, thing here? Uh, and it's not in the Bible. Show me from the Bible. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that's what we normally do. That's what we used to do. I remember in the times uh, in, of Jeremiah, uh, the people in Jer of Jeremiah's times, they said that their forefathers and their forefathers used to worship and make cakes to the queen of heaven and all of that. And that's what we're doing. So they're following an old path, but that is not the old path from the Bible, where the good way is, the Bible says. So uh, I like this conference. This conference is going to bring us back to the new old path, which is the real old path of the Bible, both the doctrine, both culture. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And I like that. You know, you, 
you should prove these things. And when it does, yep. when it comes to a lot of, um, there is, we've, we've got to learn. And I, and I hope we're able to do this a little bit in this conference too. I think it's important that we sort out. I think every church needs to sort out. What are we doing? Because this, this is what the scripture says. And what do we do? Because it is, you know, because of culture. And right. I do believe that it's okay to do something simply for cultural reasons, because, um, it does identify you in a certain way. And so for example, um, you know, I can't give you a Bible verse that says that I can't preach, you know, uh, in, in blue jeans and an untucked shirt standing behind a bistro table. I can't, I can't find a scripture to prove that. However, churches where preachers are in blue jeans and untucked shirt preaching behind a bistro table, uh, typically have doctrine I don't want to identify with. They have practices I don't want to identify with. Where churches where they are more formal in their attire, um, you know, preach behind pulpits and things like that. Um, you know, you can walk into an auditorium and typically get an idea of what you're in for just on those surface things. And I don't mind identifying with those things. I want to look like a Baptist church. I want to look like, I want people when they walk in the auditorium to not be surprised that they hear some hellfire and brimstone preaching, you know, and there are some churches you can look at the platform and you know, they're not going to be using the King James Bible. So, um, you know, so what, are, I, what are your I thoughts like on that? Pastor Boyle? I, mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to add in on what brother pastor of said, where I started to shift on some of these doctrines was back when I was in Romania teaching uh romanians things that i've always believed and i was finding out as i was looking for these proof texts that they weren't there and that a lot of what we did was because we've always done it rather than there was a scripture verse to back it and so it was when i was going through the book of revelation in romania and you know we all knew it was a preacher of rapture and he could come at any moment and only the saved will hear that trumpet and you know all the narrative the complete narrative planes are going to be crashing and people are going to be disappearing and there's going to be a pile of clothes left. And I was surprised. I mean, I was shocked that wasn't in the Bible. Mm. I mean, I, I, I never thought about it. I just always believed it. And it was when I needed to back up my belief with a scripture verse that I began to question, wait a minute, if it's not in the Bible, how do we know it's true? And that's when I re, you know, I, I always would claim to be a Bible believer and I believe that I was, but that's when I really took it to the literal sense of it has to be in the Bible or I'm not preaching it. And that's when I re-looked at the, the issues of the post-trib versus the pre-trib, dispensationalism, Zionism, replacement theology. And you'll be surprised, you know, on the offset, I'm not surprised that there'll be people who will look at this conference and they will do what I would have done back then. I would have just written it off. No way. There's not, there's not any truth to that. It's a bunch of heresy because you've never looked into it personally. Right. But once you begin to study into it, even to prove us wrong, you start to study into it. You're going to come out realizing, wow, there's a lot that I believe that's not in the Bible. And so this conference is to just show the biblical proof. I mean, when it comes to the replacement theology, who are the Jews? Who is the lineage, the seed of Abraham? 
it's clear well right from the the name of the conference mm -hmm. in itself we're drawing lines we're drawing lines on purpose right because we're saying that the old paths that everybody thinks they're on are not actually the old paths and we're we're saying you know you want to be in the old paths you want to ask for those old paths wherein is the good way amen uh and so we're drawing those lines on purpose the reason why we're calling it the new old paths conference is because we want people to ask questions about what that means and we don't but at the same time we don't want to mislead anybody into thinking that we line up with you when we don't line up with you uh, but we're baptist and why do we call ourselves baptist it's not because I want to be associated with most, most Baptists today, uh, because doctrinally we don't line up. But with the doctrines that are associated with calling yourself a Baptist, I do line up with those. And therefore, I'm not about to take the name Baptist off the sign of the church. Uh, but there are doctrines that are plaguing Baptist churches today uh, to the point now where you have the average Christian today that can't even take their Bible, open their Bible, and show somebody from the Bible that's lost how to be saved. And we have great problems in the churches today. And I, I think it's a very common uh, issue. Uh, and it, it, is, it does have a lot to do with doctrine. And it has a lot to do with what's being taught in churches today. And even if you go back to Jeremiah 6, where we're pulling the name of the conference, uh, you know, from, from what was being said in Jeremiah chapter 6, you know, from everybody from the prophets to the priests were dealing falsely. And it was leading to abominations that were being committed by the people where they weren't even aware that they were committing abominations because they were totally ignorant. And, you know, but at the same time, those same prophets and priests were promising those people, no, no, it's peace, it's peace, when there was no peace. You know, so somebody had to sound the trumpet back then, and somebody had to give the warning. And even if, like Pastor Obi said, if they, didn't, if they don't want to hear, if, if, they, if, if they're not going to accept it, if they're not going to receive it, well, hey, that's on them, right? Uh, but it's our job and it's our responsibility in our generation to stand up and say something and stand up for the doctrine. Mm -hmm. And that, because that's what God wants us to do. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's not happy with any false way. He hates every false way. Yep. And so it's our job to be the pillar and ground of the truth. And I would argue that the prophets and priests back then in Jeremiah 6 were saying they were on the old paths. Because right. they were doing right. what was handed down to them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so we're saying, no, 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 we need the new old paths. Mm -hmm. The paths that were prior to what you're on, those are now so old that they're new to this generation, but they're not new. Yeah. Um, if you and, and this will be part of the conference a little bit, looking at where the pre-trib doctrine came from. It's not as old as you think. Right. Mm -hmm. You're actually on the new path. Mm -hmm. And we're going back to the original paths of scripture which today's generation is considered new doctrine, yeah, and but it's not new what's doctrine. What's interesting about that is if you use this picture that God's giving you, the old paths, if you're going to walk in these paths, you know, the path that's worn out right now and looks like everybody's been using it for, for all time is the path that they're on right now. The old paths are all overgrown and it's, it's you got to cut it away and clear it back through again because nobody's been walking on them for years. Uh, but those are the old paths. Those are the ones wherein it's the good way. Now, the path that they're on right now leads to, you know, standards that don't line up with God's word. Uh, you know, churches that are taking the name Baptist off the sign. 
uh, people in the church that are supposed to be soul winners that don't have a clue when it comes to leading somebody to the Lord. And it's just, you know, it, that's not the good way. We yeah. Yeah, it's, get it's, back to the old paths. I'll be preaching on an aspect of dispensationalism uh, during the conference and just studying dispensationalism because I'm learning about the false doctrine dispensationalism. I was never into it because I, I never really experienced all these false doctrines. But studying it, you see that the path of dispensationalism, it's not an efficient path. It's all over the place. It branches into different types of, <laughs> of uh, false doctrines and it leads you to dangerous waters. It leads you to dangerous um areas basically so if you're just lo looking at the analogy of walking down a path sometimes the path just ends and you know it goes nowhere some sometimes it goes to a different location takes you to wild animals dangerous waters dangerous places that would destroy people's lives but the old paths the paths that god wants us to go on that is where the good way is if you want to look at good as you know and as a adjective better best this is the good way this is uh where uh you go you're efficient on your journey it, it works well for you it is safe it is how god wants us to go so you choose to go to the promised land how god the path god takes you whether it's through the valley of the shadow of death whether you have to go through the red sea you choose the path god take, takes you or you don't choose that path and you go through the wilderness wandering all the way around and a generation or many generations can be lost before you still get to the destination God wants to take you. So as believers, you know, we should choose the old path where the good way is and not go into the false paths of dispensationalism and different other uh, uh, way of, ways of life. Yeah. Use that false path and we lose generations. All the work that God wants us to do with the churches and churches die out and we have to come up with new churches and find those old paths, like in the days of Josiah, where they had to remove the cobwebs, open the doors, and bring out the word of Amen. God again. Yep. Amen. It reminds me of uh, a time in, in, we were in, I think it was Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico or Guyana, probably Puerto Rico. There was this waterfall we were trying to see, and there was no signs or anything. It was just the, the, the locals knew it. And we they pointed us to the spot where we started going down this trail up this mountain, and then the trail was just like kind of got a little confusing and we we kind of lost our way a little bit, but we could see lots of people had trekked this trail. So we just followed the beaten path till we're stalled, it starts getting growing in and thorns and you can see where it just completely ended. And we realized, okay, this wasn't the trail, but we're not the only ones walking down this trail. There's a lot of people, but it ended off in like, you couldn't go any further. It was thorns, yep. it was so thick. We literally had to turn around and trek back and the trail we should have taken, we almost had to clear it because it looked like everybody that, that made that trail made the same mistake we did. And then we actually saw some people ahead of us, you know, in the, in the woods and we hollered out, how did you get there? And they told us the trail we should have took, which looked like a new trail because mm -hmm. we had to clear it out a little bit. But, you know, it was the trail everybody should have been on, but we were on the old path that everybody took. And I wonder how many people turned around and said, there's no waterfall here. It was a dead end, <laughs> but there was a waterfall. We just had to re-clear that path. And that's exactly what this conference is doing. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, the verse in the Bible that's important to remember is wherefore we ought to take the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And I do believe that, um, you know, over time, if we're not careful, 
that, you know, there are things that we can let slip. There's error that can creep in. Leaven is something that it gets in and then it slowly spreads and it grows. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, the previous generation, no, no generation is perfect. Our generation isn't perfect. Our church's doctrine is not perfect, but we're always trying to learn. We're always trying to advance. And the, and the thing is, if we have any error and we're not, and, but then we become, we get to a point where we're like, we've got it. We're settled. We're never changing anything. Then what's going to end up happening. We're going to get so stuck in our tradition. And what's going to end up happening is when those challenges come, and this is what seems like it always happens. Whenever people end up getting challenged about their version of the old paths or something, um, they end up doubling down on, on that error. And that's typically when they go even deeper into that error. And so, you know, I think at some point in, in Baptist history, um, they did, they let some bad eschatology creep in and they let, and then they got challenged on it. And instead of repenting of it, they went to dispensationalism to help prove those things. And it's kind of like when you tell a lie, sometimes you have to tell another lie to cover for that first lie. And there there's, there's been such a strong loyalty that people have had to the previous generation that wasn't perfect that, you know, they've held on to a lot of good things, but they've also kept some of the bad things. And then when people come along and try to challenge those things and say, Hey, you know, this wasn't right. You know, I think we need to fix this. They're met with such hostility and attacks. And let me tell you, I am regularly discouraged by people that I never expected that are, you know, what I would say going off the old paths that are going liberal, that are losing their King James Bible, that are dropping their standards, that are uh, bringing in the contemporary music. I mean, regularly, I am just shocked people I never expected it from, but I, th I think they're discouraged because, um, you know, they're the people in their churches, they don't know these big names that everybody's always dropping. When we go to the old paths conferences, it's always a bunch of name dropping. And the problem is the people in our churches, they don't know those people. And I can't get up and I can't just quote Jack Hiles and, and, you know, Lester Roloff and these people, it, that means nothing. I've got to show it to them from the scriptures. And these guys are getting sent out of Bible colleges, told them you be loyal to these great men. You be loyal to the, your, uh, co you know, the college president. But the problem is they're going out, starting churches. And then people are saying, show me in the Bible. And they don't know how to do it. And they, they're just getting discouraged and dropping everything. And I do, I think, I think we need a, a new generation of Baptists that have actually done their homework. And so again, I am a independent fundamental Baptist because of the doctrine and, but I've had to go and I've had to prove it all to myself. I, I've had to take the time to do that. And that's no easy task. And most just aren't doing it. They've only, they've not been taught to study the scriptures, how to really dig in. They've kind of been spoon fed everything. They've been told what to say on everything. And they have blindly with great loyalty repeated those talking points, but that's only going to get you so far. We've got to equip the next generation a lot better. Yeah. I'll say, add to that, Pastor McMurtry, whenever I was, you know, in Romania and I was having some trouble with these doctrines and I began to read the Bible and, you know, I think it was the best thing that could happen to me. I was in a third world country. Nobody speaks English. 
So I had no one to run to, but my Bible. And, you know, and I was just sitting there. And when I began to see some things and ask questions, it took a while. It wasn't like I threw away things. And, you know, my, my home church began to be aware of some of the changes I was making or even contemplating at that time. Uh, they began to say things like, well, you're not Baptist. You're not independent fundamental because these are doctrines that we hold to. And, you know, I, let me just say, I'm an independent fundamental King James Bible believing Baptist. And I always will be. And when that threat was made, I really began to reflect inwardly because I don't want to be liberal. No bone in me uh, screams liberalism. I hate it with everything I have. And I'm sitting there like, well, who am I then? If I can't be in this group, I don't want to be in those other groups. Who am I? What am I? And, you know, that's that's something that took a while. And instead of helping me with answers, they would just say things like, that's a dangerous road to go down. Don't do it. Don't ask those questions. That leads to replacement theology. Don't don't consider a post-trib rapture. That leads to anti-dispensationalism. Instead of substantively helping me, they're just saying, don't, that's a dangerous trail. Don't go down there. But that did answer my questions. And so I, the point of the conference is to wave the independent fundamental Baptist flag. We're independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James, separated, hard-preaching, Him singing, soul winning, standard bearing Baptist church. Amen. And we believe in a post trip pre wrath rapture. You don't have to be one or the other. We're not changing anything. In fact, I think if you wanted to be genuinely honest, you're going to find that a post trip pre wrath rapture was what once we used to bear, Mm -hmm. and that the pre trip rapture is the more recent doctrine. Right. And, and another thing that I run into was, well, if you don't believe in dispensationalism, well, then you believe in keeping the Sabbath, you believe in the apostolic gifts, if everything's relevant, and they have no idea how to interpret their Bible yeah. without a Larkin chart. Right. Hmm. And it's that's we're not saying that the Levitical priesthood is still intact today and that right. the Sabbath is still in effect. You can rightly divide your Bible without chopping it Old Testament is archaic. New Testament is only relevant by Paul's epistles. You can actually understand your Bible more so without dispensations. But because they never they never bring the subject up, they always just preach, you have to be dispensationalist or you're not Baptist. Right. And that narrative is what we're going to expose. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You, this is an independent, fundamental, hard-preaching Baptist conference. We're not compromising anything yet. We're going to expose dispensationalism and the right. and the pre-trib rapture and Zionism for what it and, is. And those doctrines are what we decided to focus on uh, this year. Uh, we do plan on making this an annual conference. Uh, and so, uh, you know, perhaps in the years to come, uh, we may introduce some other different topics to talk about. But for this uh, first conference, we thought it was very important to hit some of the uh, the, the subjects that we believe are causing most problems uh, when it comes to understanding the Bible. And we want to show that what we believe can actually be proven from the Bible, like the Bible says, to prove all things and to hold fast that which is good. And we're going to put that on display. Uh, And, uh, you know, what's interesting is so far we've we've had some feedback and some, uh, you know, some folks that are not in agreement with us 
are actually interested in tuning in because they want to hear uh, preaching from our side on these topics and on these uh, different doctrines uh, because they're they're curious. They haven't actually ever heard anybody expound upon some of this doctrine uh, that we hold to, and I welcome it. I, I'm looking forward to having that opportunity. I would say for anybody that's speaking at the conference, you you have an opportunity to say something, and and we we need to uh, you know realize how important that opportunity is. And you know this is our shot. To, to, a lot of people potentially could be hearing and listening. And you know if if anything I've learned anything in the past, the the the, the, the word of God is, is so sharp. It's so powerful. Uh, it changes lives, and we don't know what kind of impact. Uh, these messages are going to have on somebody potentially. And, you know, even if not, it's still for the glory and the praise and honor of God and upholding his word. So wow. it's a very important conference. And I hope that, uh, you know, everybody involved sees it the same way and that we're praying about it and that we're doing everything that we can to be prepared to uh, say the things that need to be said. Yeah. Amen. Well, and you know something I kind of hope, I don't know if, uh, I, I'm hoping maybe to have a conference in the next year myself. Um, but if, if I don't have a conference on this subject, well, I think it would be kind of cool if maybe we did this the next year where like this year, you know, we're kind of highlighting some of the differences, right? But at the same time too, because we have our doctrine, right? Because we have abandoned dispensationalism and things like that. I believe churches like ours do the best job in also proving, you know, the other identifying marks of an independent fundamental Baptist church. You know, we do a better job of proving salvation, why we go soul winning, why we have standards, why we do conservative music and conservative dress and all that kind of stuff where, I mean, frankly, a lot of the, the old paths preachers of the old IFB it's kind of embarrassing listening to them preach sermons, defending things that we believe in. They absolutely butcher the scriptures to do it. For example, you know, I mentioned the bistro table. Listen, Ezra preached standing on a pulpit of wood. That's not a Bible verse that proves, you know, glass pulpits and bistro tables are sinful and against God and our wooden pulpits are good. That's not proof. Okay. Let's put it where it belongs. It's a cultural thing. It's a it's a it's an identifying thing. Just like we can often tell what country somebody's from by the clothing and things that they wear. You know, you can tell something about a church. And so we just we need to put these things in the right category. And I feel like one of the reasons people are dumping it, these things, is because people are preaching these things as doctrine when they're not. And it ends up making them look bad. And I think it does more harm than it does good. And so um, I'm hoping that, you know, if we can uh, do this, that people too, who don't like seeing the liberalism that's going on, that's watching all these guys coming out of Bible college and joining the skinny jean crowd, you know, that they'll see, you know, that may, hey, maybe there's something to studying the Bible without looking through the dispensational sunglasses, you know, without all this other nonsense. I'm hoping because I do, I, th I think these things are, are very important and I think we do a better job proving them. Yeah. And so what helped me back in my 
scenario, my uh, journey to where I am doctrinally is, you know, I needed to hear that there were other independent fundamental Baptists that believed like I did. Cause I, the last thing I want to do is be in a Presbyterian camp or a Catholic camp or a liberal camp. And I remember, you know, for whatever it's worth, I remember hearing a message pastor, uh, Dr. Jack Hiles preached and he preached a message that just gave me wind in my sail that I'm not alone on this one. And he preached and he said, along with the coming of the book of Acts, there was no new dispensational. And he's like preaching against mid-Acts dispensationalism. And I remember sitting there in tears watching this on my computer screen, like, you know, I'm not the only one struggling with this here. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can say what you want about Jack Hiles, but he was the standard bearer of independent fundamentalism. And if the standard bearer was preaching against mid-Acts dispensationalism, and he wasn't being questioned about his independent fundamental Baptist status, how dare they question us? We're doing the same thing. And so another point of this conference will be to those that are in the shadows that have asked these questions but are scared to because they don't, the last thing they want to find out is we're no longer welcome in independent fundamental Baptist church is, hey, you know what? There are independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptists who hold these views, and we have not wavered on any of the doctrines of the Baptist distinctives, of the Baptist flavor. We're at a, we're in a tourist area. We're 20 minutes from Disney and we have visitors every service. I'm talking Sunday morning, Sunday night, even Wednesday night coming through from all over the world and coming from independent fundamental Baptists. And many of them don't do their Google research. You know, who are we? Because our, our doctrine is plain on there. We don't hide a thing. And when they walk into our church, almost without fail, every one of them says, this is what I remember church right. to be. Mm-hmm. The singing is is old hymns. People are singing. It's alive. The preaching. And then it's when they find out our doctrine. They You can see maybe sometimes a little disdain. But for the most part, they walk in like, wow, mm-hmm. this is the tr- kind of church I grew up in. Or, or they end up packing up, selling their house, and moving to our <laughs> church. And how many have had that happen? We've had multiple families. They came by on vacation. Yeah. And now this is their home. And so, but it's, it's just shows you that, you know what, you don't have to compromise on these issues and then contrast that to the, the IFB who are trying to strip those titles from us and walk into their church. And you can't tell if you're in some trendy non-denom church anymore. Mm. The preaching is so shallow and it's all about being friendly and warm and, and no hard preaching. And so, you know what? I think we're very comfortable where we, yeah, we are. are. Yes. And, you know, that's that's a lot of what we've kind of been talking about. Pastor OB already kind of mentioned it. Even uh, Pastor McMurtry, you know, talking about how we, w- once you've departed from dispensationalism and the clarity that comes with that departure, and then the confidence and the delivery, and then the messages become clear. Because you go to your average, you know, independent fundamental Baptist church today, and the pastor's preaching mud. You can't, it's not clear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, half the room believes one thing and the other half believes another. And they're both saying amen because mm-hmm. they're both hearing what they want to hear from this guy who's not saying anything at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's the difference when you hear the preaching that comes from, from our churches is because we have confidence in the scriptures. And I, I do believe that a big problem that we're going to expose during this conference is how that dispensationalism is a system of uh, tearing your Bible up 
are dividing the Bible up and then twisting it up into a pretzel that nobody can interpret. And it's almost like back in the days of the, you know, the, the dominance of the Catholic Church, where only, you know, if you you understood and re could read Latin, were you able to, uh, you know, read the scripture. You had to be certified by the Catholics in order to be a minister of God's word, right? Where today it's dispensationalism is almost doing the same thing. It's taking the average person and it's taking their Bible out from their hands and saying, you can't really understand it unless you study Larkin's charts or you go to Bible college or you have a degree on your wall, you know, and the average person is they're just not reading their Bible today because they have, they're under the impression that it's just too hard. It's over their head. Leave it to the pastor. He's trained. He knows where all the different lines of dispensationalism are drawn. Let him do the teaching. You just show up for church and you just pray that, you know, you know, the, the bus ministry goes well and the Sunday school goes well. And you just, you're just a prayer warrior, put money in the plate and we'll send out the soul winners, you know, mm. with that money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we are today. Yeah. Well, and it's true too, that in many of these churches, most of the people in the pews, they couldn't even lead somebody to the Lord. They don't even know how to do any of that. And I think it's important that our congregations uh, not just accept the right doctrines, but they ought to understand them. They ought to be able to explain them. It's not enough to just the pastor knows uh, they ought to be, we ought to be equipping them too. And I believe our churches are, where I don't believe these other churches are, but you know, something else too, that I'm excited about with this conference too, because when, when you look at the speaker lineup too, um, you know, we are all people who, um, were, were there by conviction because we've all been run through the ringer, so to speak. And maybe pastor Obi, you can say a little bit about, uh, what he, you know, cause he, I mean, pastor Obi was a church of God pastor and figured out once saved, always sa saved is true. And you know, and it, it created a big battle for him, uh, but not, but not only so have all the speakers been run through the ringer as far as politically, you know, we, uh, you know, we could all tell our, our sob stories, but at the same time, while we've been run through the ringer too, we've also not isolated ourselves and just like completely separated from where we came from. You know, we're still friends with, old IFB and, uh, the, the pre-trib crowd. And we'll, uh, have the, you know, pastor Obi wasn't really from that. I, I don't think he ought to be, uh, still fellowshipping with work salvation people, but you know, you, a lot of the people that leave the IFB become very hostile, um, towards it. And, uh, we've not done that. And I think it's because two, the, the speakers that are represented are balanced people that do have genuine love. Uh, there, you know, we're not just people looking to get a following. And so we see every pre-trib pastor is like this opposition, somebody that threatens our following or something like that. No, we still see them as long as they're right in the gospel as fellow laborers. We love them. We see them as brothers and we're actually, we're able to get along with them. And, um, honestly, I would be thrilled if a bunch of pre-trib pastors came to this uh, conference and just enjoyed the fellowship and enjoyed the soul winning. And, you know, they don't have to accept, you know, every single thing that all of us uh, believe in these things. But at the end of the day, if they are, uh, even if, if they're a true old pat, old, old pass person, you know, I think they will be equipped 
by learning from us. I think they will be helped on the areas where they're right. I think they'll they their positions would be strengthened from listening to our preaching and things. But Pastor Obi, you know, I mean, tell everybody just uh, you know a little bit about you know because you dealt with some stuff too coming to where you are. But you, I mean, it was a great inconvenience for you. You you became a Baptist at great loss. You know, versus yes. people who g- grew up in it go to Bible colleges where they are threatened with their souls practically if they ever veer off from the old paths. You know, they're they're threatened with everything, excommunication. You know, the, the biggest fear of people who grow up in IFB churches is being used in sermon illustrations and and being the negative guy. And I listen, one of my favorite preachers, he used to go all over the country preaching. I, I won't mention his name or the sermon that he preached, but he used to use me as this positive illustration. And I was like his positive illustration of this guy. And, um, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't use me as a positive illustration anymore. And, and, uh, I, I have been a negative illustration many times publicly called out by name and and that stinks. But, you know, when you have nothing left to lose, then you can embrace truth freely. And I think, I think all of us represented have been there. So tell everybody a little bit about your experience. So I grew up uh, a Pentecostalist. I, we used to be Catholic, but when I was very little, we converted to Pentecostals. Uh, so I was a Pentecostalist. I, I used to go to the Redeemed Christian Church of God, spent my whole life from childhood. I grew up in the ranks. I was pretty much everything. Uh, home fellowship leader, music leader, uh, teenage leader, youth fellowship leader, uh, I became a deacon, then I became a pastor. I was now the pastor of the church. So you can imagine my whole life has been in this echo chamber, listening to the same people, the same preaching. I've had my ranks. I was going to be promised. I was, people were telling me I was going to be great. I was going to be a great pastor. And because I was so young when I became a pastor, I was 30 years old. Uh, that was so young. I know there yeah, are pastors that are younger, but then you have to be really old to be a pastor. <laughs> but I was 30 years old because my dad was a pastor. He's been in the ministry. My house, our house then was used as a church before the church found a place. So you can imagine how much of our lives that we put into the ministry uh, as a Pentecostalist and church of God, as you say. And uh, we had the 501c3. We're going to start a business. The church was going to buy a building. This was around the time that I got saved. When I say start a business, it's like a, a nonprofit business to help the community. So it would uh, hire people. So we're going to be running an organization, basically. I was thinking of, you know, stop working and get into it full time. We already started buying equipment. We've talked, uh, we had banks sending us checks, you know. So it, it was pretty much ready to go. Then I got saved uh, and I had to change everything. Because, and to change everything, which is why I like this conference, to change everything, I had to prove it to them from the Bible because I couldn't just say it. And I spent seven series trying to prove it to the Bible. The dressing, uh, uh, family styles, how the wife should stay home and keep the house, the music. I think I was doing everything nice, even the dressing, uh, women not preaching, that was a big one. Uh, People were very angry about that. My mom couldn't preach. My wife doesn't like me saying this, but she used to preach, (laughs) but so she couldn't preach. It was a lot of work for me. So 
So then they thought I was being a dictator. I was just taking power to myself, but I was proving everything. In fact, I still have those sermons on YouTube. It's proving everything from the Bible. After I did the music, I changed the music to the old, old uh, hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. No drums, no rock bands, uh, no scantily clad girls on the pulpit or on the stage. We'll call it the altar, but on the stage. I removed all of that. And that's when the church just broke down completely. Pretty much 80% of the people left. Uh, the money stopped coming in. We had to move from our location. We're so few. I said I've been cussed out on Facebook, on social media. Fortunately, I wasn't on social media. I was being told about it. I was insulted, abused. They were laughing at me. You know, I, everyone thought I was just going to crash and burn. Sincerely, I thought I was going to crash and burn. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> it was it was crazy because I was following the Bible. I just insisted that since I got saved with the word of God and the word of God is perfect, no errors. It's not about your interpretation. It is what God says. It is what it is, the KJV. I said I was going to follow everything the Bible says to do because God is my master. I used to follow what the our Pope says to do. Because we, ha we had a pope, we had a general overseer, as it's called, and he oversees all the churches. It was a franchise kind of churches. So if the redeemed Christian Church of God says, do this, I do it. We used to even pay a tithe. The church pays a tithe to the headquarters. So, and it was 20%, and they called it a tithe. Anyway, mm -hmm. so we used to pay a tithe to uh, the, the headquarters. And so... We just follow what they said to do. If they said, this is a doctrine, that is a doctrine. Anything he says, that's a doctrine. But now I was following the Bible. So I had to prove that what I'm doing is from the Bible. I, I was listening to sermons. I was trying to learn. And that's another point about this conference. People, you listen to a Baptist church and you can't really tell what they're preaching, if it's right or wrong. But if you have knowledge of false doctrines, if you understand what dispensationalism is all about, if you understand what the true way is, and that preached from the Bible, you'll be able to tell quickly that this pastor is not, is not following the old path. This pastor is not using the Bible. He's just following a tradition of what people have taught. People have come to my church and they, are, and they don't understand. They're saved. They answer the, the questions correctly, but they don't know how. They don't really understand the gospel, the plan of salvation. I had to give them the plan of salvation. I'm like, oh yeah, now it's very clear. Now I truly understand it. And they answer the questions even more confidently. But they're saved. You look back at the church they came from, they're saved, but they preach, uh, they, they, they're watered down preaching. They sing uh, contemporary music. Uh, their salvation plan of salvation is just, oh, believe in Jesus. He's here to save you. And we, we believe in the, the security of the believer, the internal security of the believer. And that's pretty much what is it. No Bible, uh, no quoting of the Bible, no Bible verses. It's just talks. And uh, so that's where I came from. And I suffered a lot. The, we had to move again the second time. And by then, I'd removed the name Church of God. I removed the name Redeemed Christian Church of God. I was going to be non-denom. And I was like, what, what do we stand for? What do we represent? I got saved by Baptist. So I was like, if I got saved by Catholic, I'll probably be Catholic. So I got saved by Baptist. So let's look at this. Let's look at Baptist. What, does, what do Baptist stand for? And I looked up everything. It supported the Bible. And I was like, I'm going to be Baptist. And I'm independent. That's what the Bible says. I'm fundamental because I follow the Bible. So independent, fundamental, Baptist. And I said that, and I, we started a new church altogether. I had to go to the government, uh, sign, uh, get a new form to start a new body because I didn't want to just change the name. 
I, I filed new files and started the church all over again. And that was 2019. And now we're going to be five years next year, April. So I've been through the rings of it. I don't fellowship with those folks anymore because I was preaching the, the, the I was preaching at a conference, a walkers conference, we call it. And I preached about the Bible. I preached about salvation and I preached about money. I kind of combined because that was my opportunity. And I was kicked out while I was preaching. <laughs> I literally <laughs> kicked out. Uh, they took the mic from me and they cut off the mic while I was preaching. So uh, this was with pastors there. That's awesome. So I kind of knew uh, the interesting thing, the folks were happy. They enjoyed the preaching. They came to me and they were, oh, wow, that's interesting. The KJV is the only right. They've never heard it. So they have never heard the truth. That's the thing. They don't know the truth. They don't know what is right or wrong. And since they're being preached dispensationalism and they're calling names, they don't know that they can understand the Bible themselves. Now, those ones weren't saved, by the way, but I'm talking about the saved ones. They don't know they can understand the Bibles themselves. And they've come to our church now and they're seeing uh, the preaching of the word of God from the Bible. A lot of Bible verses proving every doctrine. I know it's the same doctrine, but proving every point of the doctrine. And uh, they're happy and they understand it. And they can now preach the gospel. I've had people come to our church just to learn how to preach the gospel. And they're saved already. But they just want to learn how to preach the gospel. Driving five hours one way. Came all the way from Boston. Uh, two young men came all the way from Boston. Five hours. They came a few Sundays before they stopped. So people come from different areas, from two hours away, from, from different states, just to hear the word of God preached correctly, just to go, go to a church that the Bible supports, that is biblical. So um, this, this conference is going to be good to enlighten people and open their eyes and show them that there is another way that is what the Bible says. That's awesome. I'd love to see the video of you getting the microphone taken from you. Uh, 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 do you. Do you have any, do you have any videos of your wife preaching? You know, as soon as we got saved, I got rid of all the sermons of my preaching. <laughs> I got rid of all the sermons. I'm sure if you dig deep into the uh, internet archives, you'll be able to find them. But it's on YouTube or it's on old cell phones that we probably just recorded. But I have tried to look for them and I haven't found them. So Yeah, just, yeah, anytime that stuff comes up, just always tell people that was like, that was like, year three bc that was like before christ so it's it's all it's all it's all under the blood now but no that that's good so well yeah well i am i'm i'm really fired up about this conference and uh we're gonna have a couple more conversations we want to get some of the other pastors and uh talk about some more uh of the things but uh you know pastor Boyle, do you have any final words before we close out this episode no, first, I want to thank you for hosting this. Uh, we appreciate your friendship at Liberty Baptist Church there. We're really looking forward to this conference. I encourage you, if you can come, come join us. It's going to be a great time. Morning uh, services, evening services, lunch. And I mean, it's just going to be packed days. And just come and hear, you know, maybe you say, I'm not sure where you're coming from. Come at least hear our side. Um, and if you're in a church and you're one of the only few that hold these views, come and be encouraged. And I promise you, we're not going to be sending people back to go correct their pastors and, and quit their church. We're going to be sending them to be the best church member they can be and keep these doctrines in their perspective, uh, but yet building them and, and encouraging them. And so that's kind of the, a general thought of what the conference is going to be like. If there's any way possible for you to get here, 
we would encourage you to come. Yeah. And I, and you know, something too, I, I wanted to mention this earlier and I kind of forgot, but I just want to make sure everything's real clear. Okay. Because when it comes, because this is your conference that you invited, invited me to, uh, it's, it's not my conference, but, uh, I want to make sure it's just very clear. Are we forming a denomination? Are we going to get like a group of letters associated with all of us? Because if we are, I'm out. <laughs> like, are, 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 are we going to become the NAPB or the new old Paz Baptist? Uh, is, is that something you're shooting for? Is that a goal of yours of this conference to kind of start a movement or something? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> okay, no, good. no, resounding no. So think of it like this. Think of it, you know, there's all kinds of conferences that go on, annual conferences, and they're good conferences. You have conferences like the Sword of the Lord. You have conferences like Revival Fires. I think there's even one called Old Paths um, that takes place every year. Nobody accuses them of forming a cult. Basically, they just come every year and rally around the doctrines that they agree on. And that's what this will be, is just encouraging people to come and hear these doctrines and grow and be edified. No one, no church dare ever start it and call themselves independent fundamental new old past Baptist church. Yeah. Like, uh, no, that's not a tagline. This is a conference mm. and there's no structure being set for any kind of a organization or a cult. It's just going to be a Bible conference. Right. right. So it's okay if we invite pre-trivers and people, you know, uh, good. Yeah. Cause, and, uh, cause I do, I love fellowship. I do. I, this is how it works with me. I love fellowship i get creamed all the time for people i hang out with but my thing is is where, where i kind of draw the line for my, for myself if i feel like they are pulling me from my convictions you know it, then um i don't want to be around that person but if i feel like these people you know they strengthen me in certain areas make me better you know i'm for those people i i enjoy fellowshipping with those people Obviously, if I have a prophecy conference, I'm not going to have my pre-trib friends come preach at that. But at the same time, you know, I might have them, you know, come come preach other things. And so uh, I do. I, just, I love fellowship and I support this conference because I support Revival Baptist Church. And uh, and I unfortunately, uh, I happen to even like the other pastors uh, that are coming uh, to this conference and I support their churches. But if you even had one, I didn't particularly care for, I'd probably still come just because I support revival Baptist church. So nobody th think that this is like turning into some kind of new group of initials or something like that. I just, uh, I I'm, I'm sick of all that stuff. And, uh, I already told people in our church, if this becomes a thing, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm, I'm leaving that group and preaching a sermon against it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we'll be amen and with you right along the yeah. way. <laughs> well, I I had somebody accuse me one time of starting the NNIFB, the new new IFB, and I was like, fine. If I if I did that as Pope of the new new IFB, I um I kick every other church out of it except for um mine, and I have now devoted myself to just pastor of Liberty Baptist Church, and so. Uh, you know, I think that comes from a lot of people, though, that people are group followers and mm -hmm. they, they automatically assume that you are starting this new group or new club or new clique. But part of being an independent fundamental Baptist is, Brother Obi mentioned it, independent. 
And that is exactly what we're highlighting is we're going to have independent churches and, and preachers coming in for a conference and they're going to leave and be independent, fundamental and Baptist when they go back their separate ways. And so I think that's something that needs to be uh, uh, emphasized on as well. And the old IFB, in a way, they I know they, you know, they're independent, but they do f force some kind of conformity. You know, they're like, well, we're, you're not truly independent fundamental Baptist if you don't believe this, this. I thought I was independent. Mm. And so I think even the word independent emphasizes, again, the purpose of this conference. Right. right. And I think uh, the the one of the key points or key takeaways, and uh, I want people to see that as we preach and, and we teach these different points and different doctrines, is that we are proving these things mm -hmm. from the Bible that we have, we have confidence in what we have been taught by the scriptures. And all we're simply doing is holding fast those things Amen. that we have been taught so that we may, by sound doctrine, be able to both exhort and convince the gainsayers. So if there's other people that are out there that are saying, oh, no, you know, that's not true or, uh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, their, their, gar their gar doctrine is a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of lies. Well, why don't you... Why don't you open the Bible and follow along and, and let's see, uh, you know, that if it's, if it's sound doctrine, then it'll be evident. And if it's not, then it will be evident that it's not. But our, from our side, with what we understand and what we believe and what we've found to be true from the scripture, uh, we're, not, we're not ashamed to stand up and preach it. And I hope that by doing so, by putting that sound doctrine forward, that we are able to exhort and to convince some people that are not on our side. Yeah. Uh, that's the whole point of this conference. And then above and beyond that, it's because it's God's word and we have built our lives and our faith upon the foundation of God's word. And I hope that till the day we die, we preach what God has put on our heart out of this book and we don't hold back for anything. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, and Pastor Obi, you have any final words uh no i'm just looking forward to the conference so yeah i'm preparing for that and i hope everyone is and if you can make it uh, i think some church members of mine actually want to travel all the way florida hey, it's man. a good time to come to florida in january i'll tell you that <laughs> i went there in august uh, sorry was that june <laughs> so <laughs> so it's a good time to go in, uh, in january so yeah please yeah. show up all right well i appreciate you guys coming on the program appreciate everyone watching january 25th through the 28th at Revival Baptist Church, the new Old Pass Conference. Real excited about it. So stay tuned for the uh, more programs this week as we talk to some of the other pastors. Uh, they're going to be a part of the conference. It's uh, going to be exciting. So we will see you all next time. God bless.